Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything. Prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches, and after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my experience of grief and helping to support others to do the same serve as regular reminders that we are not alone. When we allow all the parts of us to have an expression of life, including the painful ones, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about the undeniable human connection that transcends our logic and intellect. As you listen, see if you can draw on an experience of your own which moved you. Maybe it didn't make sense. Maybe there was no intellect. Maybe there was no logic. But there was some kind of an energy that was palpable. And it stands out in your mind as a time there was something powerful at work. Here's mine in the post entitled, I Miss Alexis. Over the 13 months and five days of our daughter's beautiful yet brief life, we had the extraordinary fortune of meeting and working with some incredibly gracious people. Living in the hospital for weeks and sometimes months at a stretch, we developed relationships with kind and capable souls around us. This was especially true of those who delivered direct, hands-on nursing and medical care to Alexis. A few of these kind and capable souls remain in our lives to this day. More than two and a half decades after Alexis has died, these incredible human beings are still part of our memories and part of our lives. One such man is a pediatric nurse who became a close friend. I'll call him JB. JB became so much a part of our family that he voluntarily joined our home care nursing team for those rare occasions when Alexis was not hospitalized. This enabled our family to make one special road trip to our hometown of Syracuse, New York, for Alexis's first and only birthday, just before she died, in September of 1997. JB's work and commitment were nothing short of heaven sent. Until recently, it had been years since we got to reconnect with JB in person. But a few weeks back when he came to visit, we found our bond was as strong as ever. It was magical, actually. Over six hours of nonstop conversation, we caught up on old times, current challenges, and future dreams. We talked about our now grown-up children, our middle-aged problems, and our future goals. We were able to pick up right where we left off without missing a beat. 
enter our son, Zachary. When JB first arrived at our home for a visit, Zach was out. He was attending his day program, which we affectionately refer to as college. When he returned to the house with his caregiver on the afternoon of JB's visit, Zach hadn't seen JB since he was a toddler, so 20-something years probably. Since Zach was born after his sister Alexis died, he never got to experience the miracle of JB's nursing care, advocacy, and overall humanity directly. Yet he could sense the weight of this reunion. Zach entered the kitchen, knelt on the floor with a W-shaped leg configuration, and gazed up at JB with curiosity and pause. He has a way of knowing when something important is happening, and he reacted to JB's presence accordingly. <laughs> JB delivered a huge smile to Zach, looked directly at him and said, Hey, buddy, it's so good to see you, Zach. How was college today? After a long stretch of silence, Zach returned JB's gaze, looked at him, and simply replied, I miss Alexis. We all just looked at each other and at Zach in amazement. Within moments, he knew exactly who JB was, that he was part of our relationship with Alexis, and I had to catch my breath. <laughs> As if that wasn't enough to get my attention, just after Zach said, I miss Alexis. A photo in the next room slid from the wall where it was leaning, smack onto the floor, making a loud noise. I went into the office to see about the noise and saw her black and white portrait facing upward on the floor. This was no random photo. It was one of the few professional images we have of her, created by another close friend and artist who put together a small collection of her images and photos that was displayed at her funeral. The image of the photo is also displayed above. Zach's proclamation of, I miss Alexis, followed by the almost simultaneous falling of her portrait, reminded me of our deep human connection, which transcends time and space. We love to apply our intellect and our logic to our lives. Yet in those few seconds, with Zach's three words, there was no intellect or logic in the room. There was just pure love energy. It swirled around us and lingered in the air, like the aroma of a warm coffee cake on a Sunday morning, until JB left to return home later that evening. It wasn't until a few days passed that I really processed what I had witnessed. Upon revisiting the experience, I was once again humbled by the presence of love, life, and experience. These are not transactional happenings. These are connections which are impermeable to interruption. They are not threatened by decades of time passing or subject to what else is happening in the world. These are actual threads of interconnection. We can't see them, but we can't miss them. Once we've known this magical feeling of being more than our individual selves and part of the aggregate of our shared humanity. I miss Alexis too. 
And I'm sharing this story today on Valentine's Day because this day of love is sometimes referred to as a Hallmark holiday. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that love may mean or not mean different things to different people. But in our home, love means doing the hard things again and again and again and hoping to God that those hard things are the right things also. Love is letting go of someone we love because their bodies no longer work or haven't ever worked properly. Love is the holding of agony and ecstasy in the same breath, understanding that they go together. Love is saying thank you that I got to meet my daughter at all and also saying thank you that I didn't die when she did. Love is saying thank you as we recognize Zach's grace and brilliance. Here's a 70-pound, 24-year-old guy who can't eat to save his own life, literally, or identify the, the correct body part that he's complaining hurts. Yet he sees this friend and immediately makes the association of JB with his sister. And even more powerful is that he somehow manages to verbalize it in a matter of seconds, even though JB's presence and involvement in our life predated Zachary's birth. And this is love. It's not candy and roses. It's not a delicious meal or a card in the mail. These things are enjoyable and certainly part of the festivities of this annual occurrence, but love itself is not something we can touch. It's not something we can create. It's not something we give. Love is something we can become. Alexis is love. Zach is love. JB is love. And I am love. So thanks again for checking out this episode of the Healing Path Podcast. And I'm happy to share this experience. It was really powerful. And to give it some context, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard Zach say, I miss Alexis. The fact that he was able to make that connection with our friend, just by being in the same space, um, it was so powerful. And when I started out the podcast, I shared an invitation for you, uh, the listener, to draw on your own experience of a time, hopefully there are many, when you just felt something beyond yourself. You felt, you looked around and, you know, maybe you recognized the general circumstances and conditions and things weren't that different, but there was something different, an energy. We're likely to pick up on this energy during big extravagant (laughs) events like weddings and holidays and I don't know, sometimes funerals, unfortunately, but fortunately, because it is, that's that same energy, that same life energy that we're feeling, but we don't tend to notice it as much in the small spaces. And if anything, I think that's really what I want to encourage uh, and invite you to think about today, because we've been sold a bill of goods uh, about what love is and how much money you need to share that love. And it's 
unfortunately contributing to, um, you know, negative emotional states like depression and loneliness and just feeling isolated and all those things that we try to stay away from. If we can learn to identify and experience this power, this love, this energy in the little things, you know, our lives become just <laughs> so rich. They become so full and we don't need um, big, you know, fancy things to look forward to or to do when we can see ourselves in, you know, our children, when we can um, see a flower bloom and realize that that's the same life process that's blooming in us, that's blooming in our children, that we lose when someone dies, and that all of those things go together. So look for love in all the right places, um, particularly in nature, in beauty, in humanity, in one another, a smile, a gaze. Um, this morning, I don't usually call things like this out, but just going to, I mentioned we call Zachary's Day Program College, and there's a huge staff that work there, and they're amazing. And I try to recognize them just in the small ways. And so this morning when we went in, I brought some, Zach and I brought some breakfast, um, just random things we had gotten at Costco and put together. But it's just, these are the types of things that when we feel seen by each other and when we feel recognized and we feel loved, we just feel more human. And when I'm more human, <laughs> The people around me have a better deal than when I'm, you know, hanging on by a thread. Find an opportunity to give and receive love today, every day, but especially today. And hint, it shows up in the smallest places. So be on the lookout. And the more, you know, we train our fantastic brains and our reticular activating systems to recognize and look out for certain things, the more we find them. So it becomes this great cycle of um, looking for, you know, love and life and then seeing it and then getting even better at, you know, pulling it out of the shit that is a lot of what we see and are exposed to every day, perhaps through no fault of our own. So that is today's uh, podcast. I thank you so much for listening and appreciate um, just the opportunity to talk about my children, especially um, as someone pointed out in the post when I shared it online, um, it's fun to have Zach and Alexis in the same story. So um, that's what I'm taking away with me today. And I hope you found this to be helpful. And until next time, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful, and to stay healing, and <laughs> to do our best to become love.